This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker-Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process and for authors to learn valuable tips on producing and marketing your audiobooks. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to go through the anatomy of a full cast production. And really we're talking about mostly the skeleton, the structure of the process that we go through, just to give you an overview of what one of these projects can look like in how we put it together. The first thing, and I'm going to use as an example, a project that we are nearing completion for, but not quite yet done. And this is from The House That Jack Built by Lyudmila Nestorenko. And this piece was written for the stage. So it is a musical play for the family. And it is built largely on nursery rhymes assembled into a deeper story that runs through it. And many of the songs, many of the rhymes, they're mostly pieces that were already in existence. And then it was the crafting and assembly of these. And so that created another step that is quite particular that I will bring up along the way. In a production where it is all original material and there's it's all original music, whatever, then there will be a step when we get to permissions that is not required. But in this case, I thought this is a great case study for understanding how some of these projects can be put together. Step number one. The first thing is preparing the script. In the case of a full cast production, there are several aspects to that. One of the first is looking at the stage directions. Now, this is typically going to be shifted into a narrative voice. So we have a narrator that we add to the cast very frequently, most often. And that person helps thread together the pieces that would otherwise be visual. You know, we may see somebody enter the room, enter the stage, or exit the stage, but we're not going to know that unless somebody tells us because we can't see it, right? So this is where that narrative voice can be really, really helpful. There are also these other visual elements that would normally be happening that we would see, and they communicate information that unless we're told in some way that they are happening, we're not going to know that they are. And sound effects, while they can carry a lot of information, they are not always identifiable without some narrative assist. So, for example, water running is pretty recognizable, 
but many other things that we might think of as easily identified actually aren't. They just either come across more like white noise. For example, rain. For example, if somebody tells us it is raining and then we hear that sound, we're going to understand that that's what it is. But if we just hear that sound, unless it has some distinctive quality such as rain on a tin roof or something like that that is more distinctive, it's pretty hard to tell what it might be unless we have, again, that context. Okay, so coming back to how we're looking at the script in terms of preparation for the recording production script. So we're looking at stage directions. We're looking at other kinds of lines or information that would normally be visual that we need to convert into an audio context. And then we're also looking for that narrative flow. And here, really, what I'm talking about is it's sort of the overall assembly of the piece that because we're adding in a narrative voice, because we're adding in pieces that provide us with other kinds of information, we want to make sure that overall we have a good flow, that the story is flowing well and makes sense. Okay. Another thing that we're looking for as we prepare the manuscript are placements for sound effects. And also we want to identify which sound effects we expect the actors to produce and perform, such as snoring or yawning or sneezing or having a fight, those kinds of things. And the kind of sound effects such as a car horn, a door close, things like that, that we would either be able to source, you know, more common ones like the ones I just named, or running water, pouring a glass of orange juice, these kinds of things. Or maybe they're ones that are really unique, really interesting, that we may not be able to easily source, in which case we may have to create those. And, and in that case, we want to identify clearly what it is that we're creating and how we're going to make it in such a way that it actually sounds like the thing that we're trying to make it sound like. And that's kind of a convoluted way of expressing that it's similar to what I was saying before about the rain and how it can just sound like white noise. There are other things that when you hear the actual sound of something, oh, I don't know, like dropping a particular thing or something, that it may not sound the way you think it would. And so if you produce that sound, even though it's genuine, it may not sound at all like what calls that sound or that action, that thing that's happening that calls it to mind. And so there's a, an interesting kind of translation that can happen in there. For sound effects that are going to be created by the actors, we want those identified so that we make sure that we get those during the recording sessions. Sometimes those recording sessions or just parts of the text may be recorded by actors 
in their own studio, at their own time, on their own schedule. When we do full cast projects, we are also always including at least one, often more, group sessions. And so we want to make sure that whichever version we're going to record the sound effects from actors in, that those get included in the process. It's very easy in the group session, actually, to overlook or go right past those moments and miss them because there's a lot going on in a group session. So anyway, those are the things that we're mostly looking for in the first phase, that script preparation. We're looking at stage directions. We're looking at narrative flow. We're looking at things that we identify as visual that we need to interpret into audio. And we're looking for sound effects and identifying which ones we create, we source, and we have the actors create. Okay, there is another phase or portion of the pre-production part of the process that can happen at the same time that the script preparation is happening. And that's the way we would handle that. While our pre-production team is working, we will then also have our casting team working on casting the show. Almost always, especially because most plays or screenplays have a large enough cast to where you have to count in all the little roles as well. They have a large enough cast to where actors are going to need to be able to uh, do multiple characters. So that means being able to create distinctive voices, especially if any of those characters are in the same scene. So they may be playing against each other in the same scene. So we need those voices to be really distinct. We would also be looking at things like accents, making sure that, that we have actors who can do the accents that are required. And in this particular play, uh, in the house that Jack built, we have barnyard characters in addition to human characters. And so we wanted to have someone who could sound like a cow and like a dog, like a mouse, a hen, these kinds of roles. And that is really, really fun for actors. And uh, we need to be identifying actors, casting actors who can produce these kinds of characters for us. In this case, the added complication and delight, actually, is that there is a lot of singing. And so we needed to make sure that our actors were comfortable and capable both of singing with an existing musical track, because many of the songs are not just somebody singing solo, they're actually singing as a group. So we need to be able to um, be able to sing, you know, in tune with the music. But also, there are segments where it's a cappella without accompaniment. And so they need to also be uh, skilled and capable and comfortable with a cappella singing. So that was another aspect of the casting. And so our casting team would be busy with finding the actors and identifying which ones are going to really pull together as a, as a good cast with all those capabilities that we've identified are going to be needed in the particular project. Okay. Meanwhile, 
<laughs> well, all that is happening. In this situation, where we had a lot of existing material in the script, much of it was public domain, but not all of it was. And when we first took a look at the script, you know, some things we immediately flagged as needing to have to check on permissions and rights for the material. That includes not just music, but also lyrics. So there was a lot of kind of a takeoff on re-lyricizing. I don't know if that's a word, but changing the lyrics to an existing song, but a recognizable song. That was part of the fun of it. But we had to make sure that the author was not going to be violating anyone's rights in the process. And so we hooked her up with someone who specializes in permissions and copyrights, and uh, he was working with her to make sure that, you know, sort of guide her in that process and make sure that that was handled. Uh, we also had her in touch with an intellectual property attorney, Kelly Way, who we've had on this show, and they worked together as well, making sure that we were not violating anyone's rights or permissions and that we had proper permissions. That process in itself took a few months. And so while she was in the process with all of that, we were busy with script preparation and casting and making sure we had all of those things ready. The next piece, in this case, was working on the songs. So some of these... Um, and there were many, many songs, or are many, many songs in this piece. Some of those would get a full production kind of treatment, a full soundtrack, and some would get a new composition. So we had a composer who was also doing the editing for this project and the mixing. And so some of this was his original music. Some songs were going to be done a cappella. That was, there was a combination of reasons for that. One was as an artistic choice, but the other was for cost reasons, just trying to keep the budget from going way over the top and, you know, keeping it manageable for the client. So this was all a kind of all these decisions were being made during the pre-production process so that we were uh, figuring out what the budget was for the entire project. Okay, so... As we moved into this next phase where we were really starting production, one of the first things was creating that first full, fully produced song. And that was helping to get us clear on the tone, the style that we were going to use for the full piece and making sure we were all on the same page with that. Then we had the we sent so the composer created guide tracks or he sent out music not the guide tracks for this but he sent out that produced piece and then also tracks that would help the actors be able to hear their own each their own melodic line and sent that out so that those could each be recorded on the actor's own time in their studio at their, you know, on their own. Those would then come back to him so that he could piece all of that together for like the first song. That was one of our early 
pieces that we wanted to create to make sure that the client was on board with, you know, with what we were starting to create. Okay. And then for songs that would be sung, but would be sung as solo songs, the composer, Julian, would uh, create guide tracks so that then they could also create those on their own time and send those in. Those, those again, were for solos. Some of the songs were going to be group songs. And so it was important, first of all, that everybody be on the same note, right? So some of these would actually be recorded separately and then pulled together. And in many ways, that's actually more effective than trying to do it in a group session, unless you have everyone in the same room. The way that we run our group recording sessions is virtually. It allows us to do a lot, but it is not really feasible in terms of being able to, like, conduct a song virtually. It's just, it doesn't work in the context uh, that we're working. And so... The way to make that work is actually just to use the provided guide track for the actors to produce on their own. There were some other songs that we provided guide tracks for, but recorded during the recording session. And those were mostly songs where they were sequential. So one actor would start the song, another would pick it up, and so on. They weren't all trying to sing the same lines at the same time, and that worked very well. Moving on. So again, we had some of these songs recorded individually, and then they would be sent in so that we could start to make sure that we had those components. And then we wanted to look at the script and see, okay, what connective material do we still need to record as a group? Because we had all these songs and we really only needed still the pieces that were connecting them. And that's what we did in the group recording session. Okay, so that is the skeleton of how we do the first part of the process. Let's take a short break And then when we come back, we'll get into the post-production part of the process. Do you have a book that you imagine with multiple voices or a screenplay or stage play? At Pro Audio Voices, we love working on these more complex productions with music and sound effects and a full cast of voices. Bringing together decades of experience in both theatre and audio production, our team brings your project to life. From manuscript preparation, to casting, to directing the actors, and a post-production team to bring it all together, Pro Audio Voices brings your project to life. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com forward slash full dash cast. All right. Let's talk about post-production. In a way, you could refer to this as production because it is still part of the production of the overall audiobook piece. We call it post-production with the idea that 
The recording part is the production of the audio, and the post-production is then taking that existing audio and doing whatever editing, manipulating, mastering, all of that that needs to happen. The first major step in this post-production part of the process is the assembling of the hundreds and sometimes thousands of smaller audio files that are going to make up the larger piece overall. The first step is just dealing with the actor files, the recordings that have come in from actors that are either from their private sessions or are from the group session because they will send in those files after the group session. It's not something that we're gathering in the moment because we want the highest quality audio possible. And the best way to do that is to have each actor recording into their own DAW or their own microphone. DAW stands for a digital audio workstation. It's their own microphone and audio software and all of that. So we want to make sure that we're having that highest quality. That's the way to achieve that. So first, we're gathering all of those pieces, starting to assemble them, identifying what pieces might be missing, and then requesting those from the actors. So we have our editor who's gathering and assembling. Eventually, we have our actors who are then recording smaller pieces that got missed or needed to be redone for some reason and sending those in. Those pieces that get sent in as pickups or pups get then inserted in the overall piece where it needs to be inserted. The next thing would be adding in the any underscoring music that needs to happen and making sure that our music and our words are lining up just right. And then also, then the next thing would be adding sound effects. In this case, we had many sound effects that were actor-created and also many that were sourced, and then several as well that were created. Anything from an apple crunch to we had cow hooves that were landing after kicking over a bucket of milk, all kinds of things, many of which we could source, but some we had to create. And then sounds like actors who were being a dog, a cat, a mouse, a hen, a rooster, etc., in some kind of squabbling chase around the barnyard. So those got to be pretty fun as well. Once everything is in place, then the finessing of getting, making sure that the the mix is good for the levels between the vocals and the sound effects, the music, making sure everything has a good overall sound so that nothing is drowning out the other. Sound effects don't sound like they're just dropped in out of some other world, <laughs> which they can easily sound like. And so, you know, just making sure that all of those levels are mixed properly. Once it is all together and we have sort of a draft, if you want to think of it and in like editing terms, as you might a text and a proofreading kind of thing, then we take that draft and we send it to the client to take their listen 
and make their notes on anything that they want adjusted or changed. And I'm just going to mention, I will come back to mastering, but this is not usually the place, uh, the time in which we master the files because we are expecting that there will be some adjustments. There almost always are. There are a lot of different factors, and so we expect to be making some changes. Once the client has reviewed and made their notes, then we start implementing those change requests. That will often involve requesting some pickups from the actors, could be misreads or, you know, things like that that got missed in the earlier phases. And then also, if there were any sound effects that were either off or didn't sound the way we intended for it to sound or got missed, anything like that, then we would address those issues. If there was any music issues, that could be anything from volume to an actor recorded a different melody than the client intended, things like that. Those can come up. And then decisions around whether it's better to leave it as it is or whether we want to go back and re-record. There are also things like the arrangement of music. So, for example, we may have a song and... After listening to it, the author decides that she would like to have some shakers in the background or a cowbell to spruce it up. Things like that can happen. Or there may be some other kind of change that would happen to the musical arrangement. And then sometimes there may be changes in the text that it was recorded accurately, but it doesn't sound right for some reason, and so a change is made. That could even be things like adding the name of the cover designer to the credits, for example. All right. Once those change requests have come in, we, are, we go through all of those notes. We ask the actors for the pickups, for the files of the corrections. Those come back in, and the editor then inserts those and makes sure that it sounds right, that it doesn't sound like a dropped-in file, but that the levels and everything match up as best that they can. And then when all of that is done, it does get mastered. Mastering is really mostly about the making sure that the levels are all right. There are a lot of technical things I'm not going to try and describe them all here, but just know that it is kind of technically making it sound as consistent and beautiful as possible. And then it is usually at that point that we have the client approval to go forward. It is possible that there may be some other thing in the, in the, the corrections process that wasn't corrected quite the way it was intended when asked and that there was some misunderstanding about what was needed by somebody, whether the actor, editor, whatever. And in that case, then we would go back and adjust that again. But generally, we're looking at then having approved files, at which point we would move into the submissions process for distribution. That is, again, like the skeleton, the overview just the structural piece of how 
a complex project, like a musical play written for theater, like a screenplay, some kind of full cast, musical or not, production, is brought to life as an audiobook. Doing these kinds of projects is some of our favorite kind of work. We love doing them. And they're really complicated and really delightful. We enjoy the challenge. We enjoy working with the many uh, talented actors and team that we have in place. If a full cast production is something that you are interested in for your own work, please reach out to us. We'd love to talk with you. You can find us at ProAudioVoices.com. I look forward to talking to you. Thanks again for joining me today. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.